Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lead Like a Boss. This podcast is going to be amazing. We have a guest on today who's gone through an amazing journey to get her business going. And the thing I love about her business is that it's all about helping other people to expand and have a better life and business. Catherine Contos, welcome to Lead Like a Boss. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and talk to you today and hopefully give great value to your listeners. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Okay. <laughs> so Catherine and I have known each other for a little while and you all know who listen to this podcast on a regular basis. I only want to talk to people who have gone through a journey, people who have gone through trials, who have, who have gotten their business up off the ground, not necessarily by themselves, but really with a lot of personal effort, like a lot of entrepreneurs do today um, and actually forever. So Catherine, Retreat Boss, what is Retreat Boss? And how did you get into it? How did you start Retreat Boss? So Retreat Boss is a uh, company that curates retreats for wellness professionals and uh, any corporations that are looking to do some offsite planning for team building or whatever it is to, to bring those, you know, especially now with all the remote teams to bring them all together and create some kind of uh, unity amongst them, you know, the, within the vision as well and, and give clarity and all of that. But besides that, we also train others, um, like probably wellness professionals again, right? Uh, who want to lead their own retreats, but don't want to necessarily hire a retreat planner or uh, travel planners or event planners who want to get the special training specifically to curate either corporate retreats or transformational retreats. So how long have you been doing this? How long has Retreat Boss been around? So it has evolved over the years, but it's been a decade that uh, this um this company has existed and we rebranded during uh covid to retreat boss you took the question right out of my mouth i was gonna say like okay 10 years covid hits like what the heck how did you manage with covid right i couldn't have been in the worst business in the world it was about gathering and travel like there's it just wasn't gonna happen so that's where we we pivoted our business again at that point to create uh the training program so while people are just you know waiting for the world to open up they could take a training program and be ready for when it does wow okay so i want to hear all about that in a second but let's let's rewind the tape a little bit to the beginning so retreat boss comes into your head what were you doing before retreat boss was born and how did you get it from an idea in your head to a product that was being sold on the marketplace yeah, so I've been in the in business for 25 years. I've been an entrepreneur for that long. And throughout it, I was launching startups and flipping them for profit. Okay. Okay. I was an investor in real estate and flipping them for profit, right? So, and I had a psychology degree. And when I came up with uh, creating the retreat space, it, it originally started for addictions. Ah, and okay. Yes. And that's, I, I wanted to combine all my talents into one thing, into a dream job, if you want to call it into a dream business. And that's what I did. I, I took everything and I said, well, I love real estate. So I'll buy real estate, you know, the big, you know, it was an in at the time and I, and I converted it. I transformed it just like I transform people like transform businesses and real estate. So I transformed the real estate and the business that was existing there to a retreat space. Okay. 
Okay. So you did you buy the existing business that was there or or you just bought the property and converted it into a treat a retreat space? I bought the building only. Okay, I understand. I opened up my business to to make it work. <laughs> okay, so did what people around you say you were crazy? Because that's a common thing I hear a lot with entrepreneurs like yourselves who are, you know, the kind of people who don't like follow trends and you know, you buck trends and you you find something that you're passionate about. And, and you, you go for it. So what was the reaction of friends, family? So professionals were super excited about it. People that know, but amongst friends and family, they have always known me as a risk taker. And they're like, we don't know how you do it all the time. Well, you're crazy anyway. So <laughs> yeah. like, like, what difference does it make? Exactly. It's a new crazy. It's just a new flavor. All right. So yeah. you're talk to us about, okay. So it sounds like you were well-funded. It doesn't sound like you had some, any challenges with regards to probably, you know, funding. But what about branding, marketing? How did you get how did you get people to come to your retreats? Because it's not like the retreat business is a is a you know a, a virgin space. I mean, there's tons of people in that space. So how did you get people to come to your retreats, for example? So one of the uh, one of the things I owned also was a branding company because I do have a, a design background as well, graphics design and all of that. And I even learned how to code at one point when I was younger. So although I will not code it's right now- It's gonna be done right, it's gotta be done by me. Right, no, but it, I, I I just like knowing the background of stuff. So when when I speak to a web developer or anybody, you know, I know what it takes. I know how long it takes. I, I know what um, tools you need to use. So I'm very aware of what's happening. Yeah, you want to know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so yeah, so going back to the branding and marketing, it was never really, that's actually, that's how I relax. Oh. When I, when I want to be, uh, when I, it could be the most stressful day and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to create something and I'll just sit there in front of my computer and create an entire marketing campaign, uh, you know, through graphics and, and all of that stuff and, and the branding of it all. And I'll be like, I'll, I'll end with looking at it and saying, well, this is perfect. And then I'll go back to like my regular day, but, uh, that's how I relax, believe it or not is through that creativity of branding and marketing and and how to launch and events retreats are launches that's what they are yeah everyone is a launch so, okay so you've got your space it's empty you've got your branding how do you go from that to a full house okay so are you talking about 10 years ago or two years three years ago almost now two years ago with with no i'm talking about when you first got started okay and when you first so when started. I first got started, I start I I created my website and all of that stuff. Opened up an addiction center, uh, targeted mostly the U.S. Uh, for a luxury addiction center, uh, private one, and people would come there with a full-on program. I was. Uh, were you doing B two B or B two C? Were you were you were you reaching out to individuals or were you reaching no. out to groups that treated individuals? No, this is B2, uh, B2C. Okay. Correctly. Okay. So what I did is uh, I got uh, myself into Psychology Today, a two-page spread about the program that we were doing. Just Psychology Today, two-page spread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it's like opening a web page or opening <laughs> Facebook. Like, like that yeah. sounds like an interesting journey. Like, did you have a contact? Did you know somebody there or... No, you... I just, uh, we developed a program with the psychologists that we had and, you know, the, the partners that were involved and presented it to them. And yeah, so they, we were presented there. Um, 
and I got a, my business from that article wow. initially. Okay. So that's a good tip for people, right? I mean, I, I see that as being a good tip when you're, when you're niched properly as you were, you were niched, um, find uh, a, an authority, right? An authority figure or doc publication, et cetera, an influencer, right? Yes. And, and try to link up with that group and organization to give you that springboard you need to launch well. Not only that, it gives you leverage, right? Mm -hmm. So like people look at you as an expert. You've been, you've been, you're in psychology today. I don't know, you're in a certain podcast or uh, you've spoken, whatever it is, you have to create, especially when you're starting up, like, why should I come to you? Who are you? What, you know, you have to show who you are, what experience you have, what, what have accomplishments you've uh, had throughout your life. If not, why should they come to you? That's I the main it. thing. And also you have to differentiate yourself from others. So when I was, when I opened that up, our program was what differentiated us. Um, it was very curated to the client that was coming. It wasn't a general, there was your general program, you know, but then there was really like, who are you? Just like okay. a retreat, like what is your, we have the general goal. Okay. We all want to beat addiction in, in here, you know, all the clients, but what is your, what will make you transform? Okay. Yeah. So we really got to know the clients and we saw what their goals were and we would create programs specifically for them. So if they were, they were like, uh, they loved horse riding or loved being connected with animals. Guess what? Part of their program would be riding horses or be uh, working, you know, with horses somehow. Did you build these on the fly? Like based, so fly. you go out, you, so you, so did you, so did you create uh, a program that featured um, equestrian or did you go out, listen to what people wanted and then built an equestrian part into your retreat depending like again like depending on what they were into we would we would curate that retreat for them you know okay. that addictions program or protocol for them okay. so you would have the general stuff where there's the group and then there's the individual uh counseling but then specifically after their interview we would we would create little things that would really okay. help them so if it. It was, if it was or, you know, something with horses, for example, that would be very strong, a uh, strong component of their, um, of the recovery the treatment or the, the retreat treatment. or the yeah. retreat. Okay. I love it. So here, so the, the takeaway I'm getting from that, that can be applied to any business, right. Is, is so your business is niched for sure, but then you've got to be flexible in your offerings so that you can really cater to the individual client. Of course, it depends on the type of business you're in. Exactly. Certainly, if you're in the services business, um, that's something that any service business can really um, take into consideration when they're designing their products or designing their services. So I think that's that's amazing. And there's especially something that should actually go throughout and all of businesses is make your your transactions relational. Mm. You build relationships with your clients. Doesn't matter if you're selling them a toothbrush, <laughs> you know, let's say they're, they're, they're buying 50,000 toothbrushes because they're reselling, whatever it is. Okay. It's a product, but get to know your clients. They will come to you beyond that, you know, anything else you open up or they'll continue coming to you just because even if you're, you can even be more expensive and they'll still come to you because they just love that relationship and the service you offer. I think we could probably have a whole podcast just on that topic because i've had that similar discussion with many other of my guests and that there seems to be this trend happening in the marketplace now where there's 
it's so much transactional, like all like so much of business is becoming transactional with everything online and, and e-commerce and you know the whole Amazon effect. Like there's no person behind Amazon. It's just the interface, right? It's just the website. And and I think that's I hate it. Yeah, I think depersonalizing business in general. And, and I mean, I think it started off with the big box stores, like, you know, the Costco big box stores. And now we're getting down to like, we don't even need people at all. Like you can just go online and you get everything you need and that's it, you know? So yeah, right. that's, that's nuts. Okay, so beautiful. I love it. Now, fast forward to let's say January, February, March, 2020, what happened? How did you deal with that pandemic chaos it was scary for me because i knew that was it for me <laughs> my business was shutting down and um didn't know when it would be up so it was you know just like for everybody you know we didn't know what was going on but i knew i was in the worst business in the world at the time you know it was all about gatherings and travel um so yeah was it, it hunkered down and 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 waited out or was it well, i gotta get i gotta move things i gotta change at first at first i stopped because it wasn't only for business personally right everybody was kind of like living their life in fear with the unknown and all of that so i just stopped for a bit just to recover my own personal shock and what was happening and um and then i started thinking well what am i gonna do here uh i'm in trouble because this isn't isn't opening anytime soon. You know, you always have your a bit of hope, but I'm a, I'm a realist. I realize that this is going to take a while. And I I I had to pivot to create some kind of income coming in at the time. And uh online course creation came to mind because and and if you know anything about course creation at the time, it it boomed. It boomed. Yeah. Everybody was home taking courses and and, yeah. and uh learning everything online. And I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the 25 years, or almost at the time, 25 years of business knowledge, psychology, um, retreats, all of that stuff, and create courses for, wow. for a retreat. Anybody who wants to lead a retreat or wants okay. to add this as a service or corporate, whatever, whoever wants to do anything with retreats. And that's what I did. And from there, I built a podcast uh, along with that. Um, and it evolved, you know, to, to, to more stuff afterwards when things started. And of course, every day, you know, you, you woke up, you know, when you had, you know, your servants feeding you grapes and making your coffee and you had no cares in the world. And the only thing you had to focus on was running your business, right? Or not right. I think there was a few other things going on in your life that made all of this a heck of a lot more complicated. So if we go back, rewind to when I first opened that addiction center, Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't long before i had to shut down so i barely had the chance to enjoy the launch um and i got very ill oh boy i got very ill and that was the first time i had to shut down uh i had stage three breast cancer and i also got divorced during my chemotherapy sessions and yeah, you know, experienced uh, surgery, um, became a single mom and had this business that I had to shut down now because something that big, mm. uh, that important could not be. And it was so new. I hadn't really set up yet for, for it to run on its own. It was like a practice run almost. 
kind of, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, everything's falling apart. Now, how do you deal with that, right? How do you deal with that? First, it was obviously, it was traumatizing, period, just to have cancer. Then it's like, okay, my business is shutting down. That's trauma number two. Um, you know, my marriage is falling apart. I'm getting divorced. Trauma number three, you know? So there was a lot of big, huge events that only one, one of those can, can. Any one of those can, can cripple you. Cripple you. So, you know, I was like, well, I have to figure out how to make money here. Uh, you know, I, this, there was a, it was a huge building. It was an inn that I had transformed into a, a retreat center. Wow. So and I'm like, what am I going to do with this building? And out of, you know, uh, just my business experience, a bit of desperation and all of that, I literally built the business that you see today. Okay. It evolved to what it is today, but the initial business was built on my laptop in between surgeries, right? I built my own website. I built the branding. I hired staff. Okay, we got to put a disclaimer. Do not try this at home. <laughs> no kidding. Be right across the screen. Avoid at all costs. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, I, I used everything I knew. I used everything I knew and and I did it. And I wasn't sure what I was doing at the time because I was like, well, is this going to work? What I'm, what, well, I'm what was happening to the building while, while all this was going on? It was Were empty. you able to rent it out? Yeah, a whole lot of money. No, it, it was... It was thousands of dollars being burnt every every month that passed. So, you know, I had to do something and I did. And that that business won awards a couple of years later. It expanded to the point where my competitors started noticing because I was in newspapers. You know, the thing, like I said, you have to create leverage. Yeah, I entered awards. I, uh, I, yeah. uh, I, I did things to differentiate me to the point where it was a story for newspapers. Okay. Um, yeah. So, okay, so you're you're touching on a, a something that's that's really really important. I think there's so many entrepreneurs out there that have this idea that if I just do what I do really really well, and I keep my nose to the grindstone and I work really hard and I take care of my clients, the business will come. Mm -hmm. And your answer to that is, if you're no different than Joe next door, nobody's gonna notice you, no matter how good you are at what you do. You have to be different than everybody else. So what would you say the percentage of your energy, attention, focus, finance should be on doing the job, getting the job done versus promoting yourself? Like where do you, where do you see is 50-50? Is it 60-40? Like where do you see? At the beginning, at the beginning. Okay. First you do the groundwork, right? To set yourself up. So that's like a hundred percent, but your, your marketing strategy starts from day one when you start building your business. But let's say you got, uh, you got, you got your, your 50, 60 hours in a week. How many of those hours of the week do you promote on, on, do you spend on promoting versus spend on delivering the product? So if you're, if you've done it well, if you've set it up well from the beginning as an entrepreneur, as the owner, my, my thing is to be out there and networking, which is part of marketing, right? So networking and expanding the business, all the other stuff should be taken care of by your staff. You should not be uh, focusing on the on the details of the day daily. Yeah, grind. but I can't afford stuff. I want to save money. Right. I want to do that. The, the fifteen dollars that it's going to cost you <laughs> an hour versus the I don't know thousand uh, dollar day you might have. I don't know day or hour or whatever whatever your income is. I have no idea. You know, but whatever it is, 
So, you know, you have to figure that out. Like keep that as part of your budget. Your time time is not free. Right. Your time is not free and it should be part of your budget when you are launching something and say, I'm going to need some stuff to help me with the, the, the little stuff and stuff. I'm not that great at and the stuff that I hate. Yeah. I don't love everything. Well, we don't do the stuff we hate as entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's why we're entrepreneurs. Right? right. You know, there's, there's people for that, you know, whether it's like, you know, creating spreadsheets, uh, you know, I know how to do them. Like I said, I know pretty much a lot of stuff. Well, if you went I to psych, if you went, if you did, went through psych school, you did a hell of a lot of research, right? You probably yeah. went through a hell of a lot of spreadsheets, but who wants to do that? Right. Exactly. So that you give it out to people because first of all, it's going to take you longer. You're probably going to make mistakes because you hate doing it and you're going to be miserable. And that takes you away from, you know, going on podcasts, right? Yeah. Um, you know, networking, with networking, people, going to events, yeah. collaborations, whatever it is to get, you know, going to associate, whatever it is, just, you need to be out there yapping away and getting those big contracts. Yeah. And that, that, point you mentioned about um, entering contests to get exposure. I mean, there's nothing like there's no better marketing or advertising than having a a noted, a a noted official or a magazine or a big website, you know, toot your horn, right? That is the best promotion you can get. So working towards that, like putting an effort into getting that is, is, is warranted. Yep. You're going to spend $50,000 on a, on a tiny radio ad campaign, or you're going to spend a few days a month trying to get into these programs. Right. And one of the ways to get into these programs is building a, um, you know, I call it community because in the end we're all helping each other somehow. And Mm -hmm. if you're by yourself in your office behind the computer, uh, creating spreadsheets, you don't get to build the relationships that eventually say, Hey, you know, I'm, Catherine, she does that. Maybe she'd be great for your podcast, or maybe she could do a write-up for your magazine or whatever it is. Uh, it is a community that you're building with your networking and you have to be front of mind or people forget. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, you, so another thing I heard you talk about when you talk about a tribe, right? Your, your group, your, your tribe, in order for your tribe to be attractive, your tribe has to mean something. Right. So what was what was your mission when it came to um, the retreat boss when you were building it in terms of like like social corporate responsibility, your your big mission? Like what were you giving back? Like what was what was it about what you were doing that your tribe could say, hey, yeah, I want to get behind this. First of all, whatever you do, you have to build it um, with your purpose in mind. Mm. If you're purpose driven in life, which I am. And then you uh, mirror that with your business. Yeah. If you can somehow connect it all together, which my my business is my life, meaning like this is how I live my life and this is how I conduct my business, is through impacting others, uh, finding ways to transform them. This this was really you know when I got ill, I got transformed. Okay. Through that process, and I saw what it did in my life. What I was the first forty years of my life are nothing compared to the past 10. I was lost until that happened to me. And this great transformation happened. And I said, I've got to spread this stuff to everyone. You know, my knowledge, my what happened to me and and the way things changed for me. Yeah, My business even changed, transformed during that time. It it was everything, everything. Unrecognizable from like a year before. 
Yeah. And I did this all while being sick and a single mom and 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 chemotherapy and all of that stuff. I and all I the bills a, piling up with this property that you were sitting on. Right. I built a business during okay, so, what, okay, so, so I'm, this is huge. There's a couple of takeaways I'm I'm seeing here, and it's it's very common where an entrepreneur builds a business around solving a problem that they either have themselves or someone very close to them has. Or, you know, so it sounds to me that you're that that was kind of like the yeah, it was the seed, it was the kernel of the business, but you wrapped your business around that experience. Yes. And built yes. it from there. It was important to me. It was important to me to to inspire others to do the same without getting ill. You How much of it was cathartic? It. Oh my God. All of it. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Okay. It was a crazy experience and incredible experience. So I, I, I'm I'm seeing that, you know, mating your mission, mating your your journey, mating your cause. And in this case, your cause was healing yourself and holding your family together, you know, and and trying to offer that same kind of benefit to to your audience, to your to your clients, if you will, giving them that the benefit of that experience. Yes, absolutely. Um, what, when people seek out retreats, it's because they're looking to change something. Mm. So they're coming there with a with their purpose, and uh, you put them in a room with like-minded people with the same intentions, and then you have a facilitator that comes in and say, "I'm going to help you even more because I have the tools to give you." Yeah. That, yeah, you know, cute. for any coaching client, any coaching, any coach, sorry, that wants to create transformation, sometimes, you know, that once a week or once every two weeks, you clients get distracted, um, yeah. might even lose them at some point. They'll be like, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, I'm, I have to do this. But in a, in a retreat, they purposely come there, they paid to spend time with you and for this goal and they have zero distractions and that transformation that could have taken a year two years or never happens in a week yeah yeah there's a lot to be said for for freeing up that space i mean you when i you know i'm an addict on, of business books but i don't think i've ever read a really good business book about a corporation that is scaled up in a massive way where they didn't have some component of their business where there was a regular retreat for the core executive team to to really dive deep into the business and work on the business mm -hmm. and i and i think that that equally applies in your personal life so your professional life and in your personal life i think the two things there's a lot of value in in blocking everything else out and just focusing on on something in particular so you know whether it's addiction or whether it's anything else, whether it's relationship issues, whether it's any other type of, of, of issue, it's that focus, that core focused work is, is so important because it's kind of like a springboard, I imagine, for the next six months or maybe even the next year of development, right? Yeah. Imagine if every corporation created like a mastermind with their employees. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, and just like would leave like for a week or two weeks and say, this is all we're going to focus on. We're like 10 people, example, or 20 people, yeah. all with your specialties, all with your expertise. And uh, we're going to put our minds together and create the next uh, few years of launches. Yeah, it's, yeah. What would happen? A lot. Yeah. A lot would happen and most of it would be good, you know, and, and I think, all right, so I'm going to ask you, why do you think more people don't do that? 
Like, what do you think holds back? So, I mean, yes, you know, if you're talking about a, a mom and pop type of business, you know, two, three employees, you know, 1.2, 1.3 million dollars gross revenues, hard for them to kind of think that way. But think of like the 15, 10, 15 million dollar gross sales business, let's say seven, eight employees. I think those folks don't think it's for them. I think they think that's for bigger companies to do mm -hmm. that. So I'm asking you, what is the practical benefit of even a smaller company doing something like that? It might not have to be a week long thing, but let's say, you know, a smaller event. So if they're, if it's a, if it's a company doing it for their, their staff and it's simply the, the aspect of money and time, they don't think it's worth it mm. because they just don't know. They just don't know. They just see the negatives. Oh, it's two days. We're not making any money or two days. We're not producting. You know, the emails are piling up. The orders are piling up, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if it's like uh, someone in the wellness profession and he wants to, or she wants to do it for her, her clients. Now we're going more to fear. Yeah. People not showing up. That's the biggest one. Okay. And the, I don't know how. Ah, okay. right. That makes sense. I don't know where to start. Well, I guess both of them are in the, I don't know how, like the, the, right. the, the person that's running a $10 million gross sales business with six or seven employees and, uh, like, um, a solopreneur in the wellness business, a coach or a therapist or something like that. They're probably in the same boat. They just don't mm -hmm. know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you hire <laughs> the retreat. Bonus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got it. All right. So this is amazing. I love this. There's so many components to this. I've already identified a few things that we could probably come back and just do a whole podcast around that specific topic. Um, now, what is the best way for someone to engage with you? Like, let's say, let's go to that first example. So I'm, I'm a, I run a business. I run a service business. I've got seven, eight employees. Um, business is tough. Um, you know, times are tough. I'm looking for an edge. I, you know, I've lost a couple of people. I don't want to lose any more. I got to onboard a couple. Like, what do I do to kind of give a boost to my team? Like, what? How can they engage with you to do that? To give them that boost? So one of the things that we do uh, in, in Retreat Boss is give a lot of value. So there's a lot of free stuff that we offer on okay. our website. So that would be the first point of contact would be to go to our website and see, watch all the podcasts or, or read all the, the blogs and see, do we align? Yeah. It's very important for me to align with my client I, in order for it to, to, to be valuable to them and us to be able to help them. Another good and lesson. Then, and then, of course, I speak to everybody so they could just book a discovery call and we could just chat and see if if what their goals and what they're looking for is actually what we can help them with. Excellent. And uh, those discovery calls are, you know, transformative alone because they get to learn a lot about what they can do to go to the next step, even if they're not ready to go ahead right away, they'll at least know what they need to do to, for when it's time, like what to do next. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, the, the website would be the best thing to, and we'll, we'll put the website in the show notes and right. be on the screen. So they'll get that. So that's fabulous. I, I heard something in, in, in that description of how to connect with you. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs can, can take a lesson from that in that you really need to screen your clients. You, you can't just take any client you've got to, you use the word fit, you know, are we a good fit? And I think that. You know, as times get tighter, some entrepreneurs will say, you know, any client's a good client, mm -hmm. but we know that's not true, right? We know that 
sometimes clients that aren't a good fit um, could actually damage our business. It could be, it, it could have a detrimental effect, uh, not only on the bottom line, but on the morale of our team, right? And I actually teach people that, you know, in, in the courses, in the, in the training program, I tell them don't take on just anybody just because you need to fill out your retreat. If you did it right from the beginning, you'll have to have a good vetting process too. Because right. that one person that is not aligned with, with the, what you're doing, they could literally like destroy the entire retreat for everybody. And yeah. then you don't look good. Same thing with business, especially this business. It's very personal. So getting to know your client is number one. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I mean, I, I think there's so many lessons that we, we touched on here. You know, the, the idea of, of resilience, obviously, you know, mm. wrapping your, your business, your work, your, with, our, with your mission, with your cause, you know, really, really important. Not getting bogged down in the small stuff that you're either not good at doing or don't like doing. Like, make sure you've got some, some budget for being able to give that type of work to people who like doing it and who are good at it. And then of course, really, really getting out there and promoting yourself and finding somebody who's got the notoriety in your, in your marketplace um, to promote you. I mean, you did an amazing job at doing that. I mean, 10 years, you know, may seem like a long time, but there's a lot of companies that have been launching for 10 years and haven't got off the launch pad. I mean, you know, you 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 didn't it didn't take you 10 years to launch i mean you launched right away and you got right into right into business and and that's i think a good lesson for people to to understand that it, you got to put that time in to promoting yourself and during that 10 years i evolved also that's very important for a business if you don't evolve if you stay stagnant you're gonna you're gonna lose yeah you so you, you so you did micro pivots even while you were in your main your main being business yes Yes, okay. definitely. And, and, you know, just going back to what you just said, your why, your why mm -hmm. has to be huge because if it's not, if it's for the money, if that's the only reason why you're doing your business, the minute that there's challenges and obstacles, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to give up. Yeah. But when your why is so important to you, uh, the challenges and obstacles are surmountable. Like you're, you're able to, to pass them with, with they'll, they'll still be there, but it'll be easier for you to stay resilient and get past them so you yeah. can move forward. So the why has to be very big and, and important to you. Yeah, I, I, when, when I talk to people about that, I say, well, I don't know anybody that follows a manager. There's lots of people that follow leaders, mm. but there aren't too many people that follow managers. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a leader in your field, if you're not a leader in your cause, very few people will one really follow you for something other than a paycheck and it's really hard to get supporters to come to your aid when you need it when you hit those obstacles which you know you're going to hit every every entrepreneur hits those obstacles yes if you're not leading with your heart and with your cause no one else is going to help you like no one else is going to jump in and say oh no i'm gonna i'm gonna help catherine because you know she's doing something really important so i want to help her Right. And when you when you have a leader that's passionate about it, people are willing to even, you know, do whatever it is for nothing for you yeah. because they're yeah. just they love the passion. It's it's you know, you you get to be passionate about it, too, because you're you, he gets you excited or she gets you excited where the manager is like, you know, you're not paying me enough <laughs> to, 
to it's be here. 501. I'm out of here. Bye. No, 459. <laughs> Everything's getting packed. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. This has been amazing. Um, I want to do this again. I want to do this some more. There's a lot of stuff we got to unpack. Um, I think, I think talking about the resilience issue, like how you actually went through your health challenges while building a business. I think there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Mm. And I think the, your expertise as a marketer, because the way you spoke about, well, I just turned on the machine and the clients came. I mean, we did that in 30 seconds, but I think there's a lot more to unpack because I think there's a lot of businesses in, in the tier that we're working in, you know, like the 10 to $20 million you know, range where it's the owner operator and that person may be a really skilled technician at something, but doesn't understand, you know, the marketing component to, to their work, the sales slash marketing component to their work. And I think that's so vital to, to help them to understand that so that they can, that they can be proficient at it. I'm not saying that they need to do it all themselves, but until they can hire someone to do it for them, they have to be, like you said, knowledgeable enough to be dangerous so that they don't get taken in by by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing right yeah excellent well we will definitely do that Catherine, um do you have anything going on right now that we can promote like this is your chance to to tell us what's new what's happening anything you're promoting so basically there's two two ways of working with us um is either to take one of our mastery of retreat programs where you uh get implementational it's an implementational type of course or program where you will launch your retreat within six weeks if you want so that's for okay so who's that for who's the who's the right person to take that course for you so that's for any wellness professionals travel professionals or event planners who wants to uh, uh, plan retreats for themselves? What about HR people for corporations? Things Absolutely, like them too. Okay. Them too. If they want to, you know, if a corporation or whoever wants to train their people to do it for the company, the program is perfectly set up for them. And then the other one is uh, you don't feel like planning anything. Um, you just want to show up with your program. Done for you events. Uh, right and you know you're a corp or you're a wellness professional whatever it is and you're like you know what just do it for me <laughs> that's me, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> okay all right. right and i'm assuming go to the website you'll see both of those two things absolutely and so much more all right excellent so and more. we'll we'll flash up all the information on the screen so people will know how to reach out to you either on your website phone number and of course, whatever social media that you would like us to, to, to promote um, during this podcast. Catherine, amazing. Thank you so much. I can't wait to do more of this with you because uh, I, I think you've got a lot to bring to the audience that we cater to here at Lead Like a Boss. Thank you. And I, I can't wait to come back and, and, and do this again. All right. Excellent. We will have a super day and we'll talk again soon.